I am not an expert. I've never published a book or taught a class, but I love quilting and I love talking about quilting. I make a lot of mistakes, but I like to think that sometimes I learn from them and get just a little bit better. If hearing about someone else's goofs and mess-ups makes you feel better about yours, then I've done my job. So join me now as we talk about quilting for the rest of us. Hey, I'm Sandy and I'm a quilter and welcome to episode 211 in which I built a desk and I'm recording this on Monday. The first time I've recorded on Monday, I think, at least in this generation of podcast, Monday, February 28th. 2022. Um, I'm recording on a Monday because I had all sorts of work stuff to do this weekend, so Monday is sort of my comp day, although I do have a meeting this evening. Um, But I did actually spend some time in my sewing room today, um, and not just cleaning. (laughs) There's been a lot of that sewing room time going on. Uh, But I did actually get some stuff done, and I've been taking notes, so I had a sort of a little bit of a backlog of things I wanted to talk about. So I'm hoping I can get this episode done and posted before my meeting starts. Because, you know, I'm kind of a, well, I would normally say I'm a work now, play later kind of person, but this is definitely a play now, work later. Um, My first announcement to make, I have already said this um, online and social media, so you probably already know it, but woot, we're finally on iTunes. I was so excited. Um, There were just some glitches that I had to work with uh, the Podbean folks to sort out and then the Apple folks to sort out, but did finally get everything working and it all seems to be posting. So you can now find this podcast in Apple Podcasts or iTunes or wherever else um, Apple related that you get your podcast from. It's also on all the usual places like Stitcher and I got it uploaded through Google and a few other places. So basically, you should be able to find it somewhere. Um, If you use a podcatcher, it should be able to find it when you just put in the name of the podcast. Um, So yay. That being said, if you actually do listen to me on on iTunes, please leave a review because that does make it easier for other folks to find it later. So um, yes, it's been two and a little bit weeks since my last uh, post. And, you know, during that time, I didn't actually have a whole lot of sewing going on, which is part of why I didn't end up um, posting. I also was spending all of that sewing time (laughs) kind of once again, tossing everything in my sewing room up and trying to get it to land again. Um, I had mentioned that I was getting a new desk. I was getting rid of my old, very large L-shaped desk and putting in a much smaller profile, um, but hydraulic lift desk, standing desk. I did finally get that done um, last week, kind of into, well, really, I got it put up last weekend, and it took pretty much all weekend to do, between dismantling the old one, getting every stuff put away, kind of sorting out what I actually did need to keep and what I didn't, and then building the new desk, getting that all situated. Um, And I'm now at the point, I have been working at my new desk all week. I love, love, love it. It makes such a difference to be able to stand up. I do have a standing desk in my actual office, my external office. But, you know, with the pandemic and everything, I'm just not there all that often at this stage. Um, 
I do really want to start going back to that office on a much more regular basis, uh, mostly because filing is an issue. <laughs> so I'm kind of starting to develop some stacks of papers that don't entirely know where to go, but that's a different podcast. Um, anyway, I did get the, the new desk uh, fits well, and it actually goes really amazingly high. Uh, it actually goes up to a grand total of 48 inches high, and I am 66 inches tall, so it basically goes as high as about my shoulders. Um, I don't entirely know why you would need a standing desk that goes that high unless you want to build yourself a blanket fort underneath it. Now that I say that, that could be fun. Um, I do. I think I've mentioned in a previous podcast one of my thoughts about getting a, a good standing desk and one that's pretty much just, a, well, it is just a plain surface, is that if the day comes when I retire that I no longer need a functional work desk, I could actually use it as a cutting table or um, a pressing table maybe. I've always wanted to have a, a better, larger pressing table than an ironing board. Um, so anyway, you know, it, it's got some possibilities for the future. Uh, but it's an electronic hydraulic, so all I have to do is push a button, and it goes up, and I push a button again, and it goes down, and I have memorized heights, uh, so I can just push a button, and it goes immediately up to my best standing height for when I can still work, um, and then I push another button, and it goes directly down to where I sit and work, which is all very wonderful. It has two additional heights that I could set it at. Um, I'm actually toying with, and maybe I'll talk about this a little bit later, I, I don't have those other two heights set because I'm either standing or sitting. There's not a whole lot of variation in between there. But I have found that if I am doing some handwork during a Zoom meeting, not that I ever do that, but if I ever am, it's actually helpful to have the uh, desk up just another few inches because I'm not trying to take notes at the same time as I'm doing handwork. It's different Zoom meetings. Uh, so it's helpful to have just, you know, have my hands up a little bit more. It's a different ergonomic position. Uh, but anyway, I am still sort of reorganizing the printer supplies and office supplies because the new desk only has one small drawer in the center underneath it. And so uh, my other desk didn't have any drawers at all. So having one drawer is a benefit. And I do have some of my office supplies that used to have to sit on my desk, top of my desk are now in my drawer. Um, but I have a... Uh, what are the plastic drawers? You know, the little plastic units that have the sliding out drawers. There's three in each one of them. I have two of those six drawers total that I've had, gosh, 20 some odd years now sitting under my desk because that's where I've always kept all my office supplies. Um, and so I am now in the, the process of weeding through that, figuring out what I can get rid of, which is quite a bit of it, and um, then trying to figure out the best way to store everything else. And, of course, where the printer supplies go. And now I've opened up this whole new set of nine cubbies on the uh, side of my cutting table that has always faced the L of my desk is now accessible. So I'm kind of still reorganizing that. So I'm not totally resettled, um, but I am settled enough <laughs> that I have been able to um, actually get some sewing done this weekend, which is good. So uh, <laughs> the only other... Uh, note about all of this change is that Augie, my older of the two um, 
golden retrievers. Augie is really the one that's the mama's boy. He is very imprinted on me. <laughs> so my home office is his happy place. He's got a bed here. Um, and even when he sleeps at night, he comes up to my office and sleeps in here at night. It's it's his safe space. So when I had everything at six and seven, he was just all sorts of discombobulated. That poor dog. There were even a couple of nights that I just, his bed wasn't even in the office. I had stuff on the floor. He he didn't know. He would just pace because he didn't know where to go. He was like, but, but mom, but mom. So as soon as I could, the very first thing I put back into place was his bed. And he immediately got in it. And then I had to work around <laughs> to do everything else. Oh, my Augie. Uh, Sophie, on the other hand, she's the puppy. She just had her uh, year birthday a couple of weeks ago. So he's she's now a year old. Um, she is not yet as settled into a single office. She spends some time with my husband in his office. Um, sometimes she goes in with my son in his bedroom, which is his work at home office. And sometimes, honestly, she prefers to just lay in the outside hallway kind of between all of us so she can see what's going on. Um, so she has uh, come in and tried to lay down a few times, but she just she hasn't really claimed her space yet. So we're still working on that. Um, now back to quilty stuff. Um, just for kicks and giggles, I did actually resubscribe to the quilt show. I had been a charter member way back in the when when they first got it started. This is the one with Ricky Timms and Alex Anderson. I just as I've been kind of recommitting to my quilting life, I found myself missing some of that stuff I used to do back in the way back, um, even before I started podcasting. For example, Alex Anderson's podcast. I used to love Alex Anderson's podcast. Um, and then it, it only had like, I think she did it maybe three or four years, seasons worth. I don't remember. It, it didn't go on for real long, but I loved that podcast. And so I found myself in sort of a I guess, Alex Anderson withdrawal moment. So I went ahead and resubscribed to the quilt show. I, I, it, I remember now why I unsubscribed finally, because I don't love it. <laughs> I just don't love it. There are certainly segments I like. And the nice thing about being subscribed to it online is you can go in and find the, the, just the, um, the segments, but I don't know. Sometimes it's just a little too overproduced for me. I just want to hear them talk to people and not kind of do the the banter and stuff that sometimes they get into. Anyway, that's my own opinion. Um, but I have been watching some episodes of that, uh, and I've been, you know, kind of reconnecting with some of my quilty roots that way, I guess. Um, I have decided to try to divide today's episode into segments because I do have sort of so many random things going on right now. So this first segment is going to be about my stash busting because there are several things going on here. Um, I am really trying to get done with some UFOs. I'm trying to get uh, use my stash rather than buy new fabric. Um, although I've got a fail on that one coming up that I have to talk about. But uh, the, the first thing I'm really trying to do is use what I've got. And so, you know, as we know, um, I, I am an aficionado of jelly rolls. I really am addicted to jelly rolls. I don't know why. Um, I guess I do know why. I, I do know why. Because they're fun and pretty. <laughs> and they are kind of like candy. You know, it's, you get the everything from a line. 
that comes out. You get it all in one fell swoop. Um, and because now they have been such a thing for so long, there are just some great resources out there about relatively easy, fast quilts you can do that still look more complicated than they are. Um, but if you're just looking for a satisfying fast finish, you can get it really easily. There are also a lot more very complicated things you can do with jelly rolls, like uh, I think I talked in a previous episode around the, the jelly roll sampler that I did. Uh, that was not fast and easy, <laughs> but it was satisfying. And so um, I, I just, I really have to watch myself on jelly rolls. And all of that being said, I did end up actually buying a jelly roll. <laughs> I shouldn't have, but it's gorgeous. Um, I subscribe to Jordan Fabrics, J-O-R-D-A-N Fabrics on YouTubes, uh, on YouTubes, on the YouTubes. Uh, she does some really good tutorials and um, they do have kits. I don't do the kits, but I do watch her tutorials. And she was doing one on the Simon Says pattern. It's a very simple pattern. I could probably figure it out myself, but you know, hey, if somebody's already done the math and can just give me instructions. Again, remember folks, at this time in my quilting life, because of my job, I am in simple. <laughs> I'm trying to keep everything as simple as possible. I have been through, for anybody who's a new listener, I have been through a lot of seasons in my quilting life. I have done a lot more complicated things. I've done a lot of art quilting. I've done a lot of experimental kinds of things. But right now, I just don't have the mental bandwidth. So I am just looking at what's simple. Um, or taking a complicated, pro uh, complicated pattern and doing it in the most simple way possible, which is the storm at sea. But that's a different part of my podcast. Uh, but anyway, the Simon Says pattern... Um, it's, it's just, it's a fun and it's a cute pattern. I like it. It's, it's very modern. Um, but it's one of these that sure, yeah, it's a jelly roll, but when you get it done, it just, I like the pattern. Um, it's, I, it's just, I find it really attractive. Uh, so I am probably going to do that. And then the jelly roll she was using for, I don't know if I'll use that jelly roll for that particular pattern. Um, but when she was showing the jelly roll, it was just beautiful. It's Carolina Lilies. And it's, of course, a Moda. Um, I will try to remember to post a link to it if I can get to that before my meeting tonight. Uh, but again, Carolina Lilies uh, fabric line. And again, the Jordan Fabrics uh, pattern that she was doing, as Simon sa says. Again, I don't know that I'm going to use that jelly roll with that particular pattern. Um, heaven knows I have enough jelly rolls. <laughs> to choose from at this point but I just couldn't resist I was watching her do this I was seeing the jelly roll and I kept thinking oh it's gorgeous I can't have another jelly roll but it's beautiful I can't have another jelly roll and I finally just bought it um that being said at the same time because of that experience I think I did it like 15 minutes after buying that particular jelly roll I decided to cancel my subscription to the jelly roll club which I've been doing for the last probably nine months or so through a fat quarter shop and yes it was almost physically painful <laughs> for me to cancel that subscription i don't know where this comes from in me it's weird i'm sorry um but i did look ahead at the ones that would be coming that's that's a nice thing is they do post 
when you go to the Fat Quarter Shop and you look at their subscription clubs and when you look at like at the Jelly Roll Club, they will actually tell you what ones are coming up in next months. Um, and although I, I did really like one of them, the rest I liked, but I could live without. So I decided that, okay, if there's only one of those that I really, really like, then when that one comes, because they're new release line, so it's not necessarily available now, I can look again and just buy that one. So for now, I am unsubscribed. I may or may not resubscribe at some point in the future once I have used <laughs> some of these uh, jelly rolls that I already own. It does still hurt just a little bit. Just a little bit. Um, I did, however, then subscribe to a, fa a fabric subscription club that I hadn't seen before. And this is, again, I've talked about on previous episodes where I, I really feel the need to refresh my stash. Um, but not, you know, going out and buying a ton of fabric at once. I wanted something a little more controllable. I had done the Cotton Cuts fabric subscription again briefly. Um, but I just struggle because then I was getting fabrics that I wouldn't normally pick out. And although that can be fun and it can push you in directions you're not usually going in, again, remember the word simple. If I'm getting fabrics that I wouldn't normally use, I'm having to work harder to think how to use them. And right now, it's that mental bandwidth again. So um, I was kind of, well, I had kind of come to the conclusion. I'd looked at various fabric subscription clubs through various places, and they're mostly uh, pre-cuts. And I, I didn't, I don't really need any more pre-cuts. So I had finally decided, well, I guess I'm just not going to do that. And once in a while, I'll just go out and buy myself some fabric. But um, what I ran across, homegrown, home sewn, uh, is a local quilt shop in Cincinnati. If any of you listeners are in the Cincinnati area and you actually go to the shop, let me know. If any of you are in the area, you need to go to the shop. Homegrown, home sewn. And again, I will put the link um, in the show notes because I do always want to give local quilt shops business whenever I can. Um, they have a fabric subscription club that is really customizable. You can subscribe for a three cut, or, I'm sorry, a three yard, four yard, or five yard bundle per month for six months or 12 months. Okay. The more you do per yard, the cheaper it gets per yard. Okay, so I believe I subscribed to the four yard bundle. Um, and the other customizable thing about this is I can pick out my own fabrics. All I have to do is agree, you have to buy one solid from, I want to say they have Bella Cotton solids, I think is their line, which I prefer. I do not like Kona Cotton. I'm sorry. I know that's like bla blasphemy. I do not like the way Kona Cotton feels. I never have. Um, so I, and I don't have solids in my stash, but I could see the use for them. So I'm okay with at least, again, for a little while, buying some solids if it's only one yard. Um, and then the other yardage, you can buy one yard of the remaining. So like if I'm getting four yard, I do one yard solid, and then I can do one yard each of three other fabrics. I can do two yards of one fabric and one yard of another. I can get three yards 
of another fabric. So I can really customize what I need, which means if there's a month that you know what I really need, I need backing, I can buy it through this um, fabric stash club and I'm getting a better price per yard than if I'm just buying the backing straight up. Um, now, I, I subscribed like a week ago, I think, and it doesn't start until March 1, so I haven't been able to use it yet. If it's the 28th, I get to use it very soon. I just now figured out what date it was. Uh, so I'll be able to use it. I will keep you apprised. Um, obviously, for me, I'm also having to have it shipped to me. If you live within driving distance of the quilt shop, you can just pick it up and then you're saving yourself the shipping costs. The shipping cost wasn't actually that much. I think I'm paying $4 a month for shipping. So because of the amount I'm getting discounted per yard, even with the shipping, it's still a little bit less than if I'm just buying straight up per yard. Um, and I have to tell you, I want to support this quilt shop because they honestly have the best social media presence that I have ever seen in a smaller quilt shop, short of something like Missouri Star Quilt Company. Okay. Um, they are they do YouTube stuff. I've subscribed to the YouTube channel and I watch it. They Every Friday, they do a quick thing about what's new in the shop. And the, the woman, so it's a mother and daughter who own the shop. The daughter and her husband do these videos together. And she is just charming. <laughs> She's just fun to watch. Periodically, their little toddler child wanders in like uh, this week. You could suddenly hear in the background, gotta go potty. <laughs> it's just it's just charming i loved it you know it's frustrated grandmother here i guess um but they also have a great website they do tutorials uh it's just they really do an excellent job in their social media uh so if any of you do go to that quilt shop you can tell them they've gotten a shout out on quilting for the rest of us um and that i'm looking forward to seeing how this fabric club works now um the other stash busting, so okay, subscribing to a fabric subscription club may not seem like stash busting, but follow my thought process here. What I realized as I was going through my stash is I have a lot of focus fabrics that I've never known what to do with. And generally speaking, I only have like a yard of them, maybe a yard and a half, maybe two if I had bought it for a border and it never got used that way. But these tend to be very large print pieces. Um, and as we all know, if we're experienced quilters, large print pieces can be problematic cut up into smaller pieces because then you might only get one color out of a 10 color print and it can completely shift how you're able to use them. So I've they've just been sitting on my shelf for a long time. Then I ran across um, the three yard quilt books and those are from Fabric Cafe is the name of the website of the woman who does these three yard quilts. All of these patterns are quilts that only use three one yard pieces to do the entire top. You will need more if you want if for backing. You will need more if you want to do a different kind of border, if you want to add sashing, or if you want to do a larger quilt. They all make um, essentially a large throw. Well, probably throw. Not a large throw, but probably a throw. So not anything pushing a twin size quilt. 
but a comfortable, I'm going to cuddle on the couch with a quilt. And the best thing about these three yard quilts, most of the designs have large enough blocks that I can use these great feature fabrics and really have them, you know, featured, have them highlighted and not have to cut them down and lose the beauty of these designs. And because they tend to be very big pieces, they can be very fast to put together. So um, the reason I ended up subscribing to the Fabric Subscription Club is because although I have all these great feature fabrics, I don't always have the best accent fabric to go with it in my stash. I shop my stash first, but there are times when, you know, it's just, it's a color that I don't have a lot of in my stash. And so this way I can use the feature fabric, but then maybe just use one of those one yards for the accent fabric or something. I'm, I'm able to really think through what I'm ordering each month to use some of what I've already got. Um, so I did find one of, I've, I've bought several of the books. She's got a ton of books out. Um, and so I've got several of them, not all of them. And I did choose one design out of one of the books and found three uh, pieces of yardage in my stash, stash, one of which is one of these feature fabrics, um, or focus fabrics, I guess I could call it. The, the focus fabric, it's a gorgeous coral color with green, and it's very springy, um, but it's also directional. And so between the fact that it was this kind of larger, well, it's not really a large print, but because it's so directional and therefore so sort of geometric, I just really struggled to ever find a project I could use it in successfully. Well, in this particular print that I'm using, it'll be so easy to use it because I already cut all the blocks. It's an, you use a nine inch block for the focus fabric and I'm able to keep them all facing up. So the directional part was not a problem at all. And then I had two perfect, perfect um, accent fabrics for it. So I've got everything cut with that. I just <laughs> was ready to get sit down and sew them and then my cutting table and sewing table got stacked with stuff as I was rebuilding my desk so I haven't gotten any further on it um might do some more tonight depending on how long my meeting goes um so that's kind of fun I will again put a link to Fabric Cafe and the three yard quilts I might have already done that as I'm thinking about it it might be one of my blog posts uh but I'll double check that and see if I can put a a link in the show notes to this episode, because I'll tell you these three yard quilts, um, you know, yeah, they're not going to challenge your quilting skills. If you're a beginner quilt, they'd be a great way to just learn some stuff. Um, but if you're an experienced quilter, these are not challenging projects. They are um, just really fast, easy ones. They are fantastic, like I said, for these focus fabric, you know, these really big prints that you fell in love with and have no idea how to use. This is a great way to use them. It's also great for fast gift quilts that you want to make um, because none of these, I could have easily had mine, at least the top piece, I could have had it done in a weekend, probably even just a day. Um, I think the cutting of it only took me like an hour and a half, maybe, and the piecing is not that big a deal. I'm piecing some half square triangles and then some big old pieces. <laughs> pretty much it. So, you know, I could have had it all put together in a weekend if I didn't then suddenly start um, 
deconstructing <laughs> my entire office. Uh, so again, I will make sure there's a link somewhere in the show notes if you're interested in that. Uh, in terms of my UFOs, we are now moving on to the next section of my uh, podcast. I did take another couple of hours finally today on the storm at sea, um, but I really do need to buy more fabric. As I had mentioned in a previous episode, or maybe it was just in a blog post, um, I did not have enough triangles cut for one of the units. And so I had ordered some fabric, but I'd also pulled out a bunch of fabric from my stash that I thought I was going to be able to use to, to fill in the blanks. But when I really got them all together, when I got the new fabrics and then sat and looked at the fabrics I had for my stash, I really feel like those fabrics that I had in my stash were too dark. And this design really needs a dark and then a distinctly different medium and then a light in order for it to really show the design, um, the the secondary sh design that shows up. So I think I'm going to have to order some more fabric. I'm going to look at it one more time this afternoon, <laughs> but I really think I'll be happier in the long run if I just go ahead and order more fabric. And I do still need a couple hundred more triangles, I think. Um, so, I, but I am pleased with what I got done today. So I am still working on it. I did. Uh, I do still have to get the binding put on a couple of the quilts that I long armed. One of them I really want to get done this week if I can, because we are really fingers crossed having a guild meeting this week. I believe maybe it's next week. I'll have to look at my calendar again. The last one got snowed out. The one before that got canceled due to Omicron. So we're really hoping we can have one. And you know we've got this UFO challenge going on. So I've got to prove that I have done my UFOs. Uh, English paper piecing, if you're following along, yes, I have begun playing around with it. I actually have a fair number of hexes, I mean, I should say we're still under 50 at this point, that I have glue basted during Zoom calls. I had some Zoom calls this week that I did not, they were more like webinars that I was just kind of hanging out in. I was not the one leading the meeting. I was not having to take notes. I was not having to um, worry about people paying attention to me. So I was able to just kind of stay in the background and uh, do my glue basting while I was working on it. Uh, I think at this point, I have been spending a lot of time on Pinterest and a lot of time looking at designs, trying to decide what I'm going to do. And haven't really decided yet. And so I decided at this point, what I have decided, I've used that word a lot of times. Um, what I am planning on doing is just keep making hexes at this point. And then when I have some sort of critical mass, I'll be able to start playing out with uh, playing with layouts and looking at how the different colors are going to work together and maybe get out of my own head <laughs> around being overly concerned with how things are going to work together. I, I really kind of want to do full-on scrap, but I do want it to have a a lighter feel when it's done. And unfortunately, a lot of my scraps are just kind of dark. So I don't know. I'm, I'm still thinking, but while I'm thinking, I can keep glue basting. Uh, I have, however, signed up for a Hexy Sew Along on, uh, I'm not going to pronounce this correctly, I don't think, but it's Elise Bake, Bach. Uh, B-A-E-K is her last name. Any of you who are seriously into EPP probably already know who I'm talking about. Elise Beck, Beck, Bake, something along those lines. Um, 
she is a professional EPP person. <laughs> I don't know how you would word it. She's got a great website. She does an English paper piecing foundational class, which she has not released signups for the most re for the current one yet. Um, I'm going to pay attention to that and see what it involves. She has uh, some other ones on there, but right now, starting on February 22nd, she's doing what's called the Dilly Flower Hexagon Sew Along, and it's sort of a traditional grandmother grandmother's flower with a hexagon in the middle and then a flower petal off each side. But the flower petal off each side are not hexagons. They're um, uh, look more like an ice cream cone. So narrow at the top, but then rounded on top. So it looks a little bit more like a normal flower petal. And then there's a background piece that that fits into that then creates kind of a, the whole thing turns into a hexagon. Um, it's, it's just really cute. It's a very cute petal. It is curved, so that means um, I'm going to have to pick up a new skill in my glue basting. <laughs> it's, I'm not actually worried about the stitching. The stitching isn't the problem. It's the basting that's kind of the trick uh, to getting everything to lay flat and, and properly and fit nicely. Um, so I did, and I ended up going on Etsy. Again, remember my keyword, simple. I bought a pack of her papers and templates. Uh, she gives acrylic templates for cutting the fabric and then papers so you don't have to cut all the paper dies and stuff yourself as well. And I think the package that I got is enough for 22 flowers. And these, these flowers aren't huge. So 22 flowers, I'm thinking I'll make a table runner, maybe. It's not going to be a huge piece. Um, but I want to look at my charm packs and see if I've got enough because I really... You know, it's hard not to picture this in 30s fabrics. It's just, it's virtually impossible for me to put any sort of other scrappiness in my head around this. Um, and so I want to, I've got a vast number of charm packs. <laughs> I want to see if I've got enough that could do sort of that feel, even if it's not actually 30 reproduction fabrics, but it's got that feel of kind of vintage floral bright without being pastel. I don't like pastels, but kind of brighter. I think part of it is I am just done with snow. You know, Western New York, again, very gray. And we've had a lot of snow in January and February, and I am just dying for some spring colors. I think that's why I bought that jelly roll. I think that's why I've only got 30s floral prints in my mind, <laughs> these dilly flowers. Um, but you know, I'm not going to fight myself. I'm just going to run with it. So those are all kind of my projects going. Um, I do have a very new unsung hero, although this isn't very unsung. A lot of people talk about this particular sewing room. I don't even want to call it Notion. It's equipment. I have a new iron. I am very, very excited. My old iron was a Black & Decker um, and perfectly fine. It worked fine. It was starting to drip a little bit and spit a little bit. Um, wasn't drastic. I could have continued to live with it. However, it had a cord. Cord has always driven me insane. I hate the cords. And um, particularly now that I was working with the storm at sea and I'm doing some uh, with the paper pieces, with the smaller pieces, I would pull and that cord would just wipe out half of the stuff on the ironing table. I just hate it. And I even have one of those prong things that sticks up from the ironing thing that you loop your cord in to try to keep it out of the way. It just, I've always hated it. 
So I ended up getting myself the Panasonic 360 cordless iron. I have never sent, spent so much money on an iron in my life. Um, it's still, still cheaper than a Rowenta, still cheaper than a Oliso, um, but it's not as cheap as my Black & Deckers have been. But I tell you, I used it for the first time this afternoon. Love it. So it's a cordless iron. You plug in the base. The base can just sit on my um, the little rack that is there to hold the iron when you're not using it on the end of the ironing board. So it just sits there. And then it heats up the iron. You take the iron off the base. You iron what you need to. You put it back in the base. As long as you put the iron back in your base every time you're like picking your pieces up or moving it around, it automatically reheats. So I made it through all... 120 of my um the of the storm and sea pieces that i had pressed or that i had sewn today uh and never lost heat and that's i know that probably doesn't sound like a lot but that takes me like 45 minutes to do that much pressing because <laughs> i'm being very careful mostly i'm only doing three at a time so i don't knock anything out of uh row and um it heated beautifully it steamed beautifully it was pressing those things so nice and the other thing i love about it is the one i got is the um it's the oval shape well it's the pointy it's got it's reversible you can it press in either direction it's got a point on either end um so i was just able to kind of flip it around however i needed it to in order to you know put the corner under the flap of fabric to push it across and everything. I just absolutely adore this thing. And it's a very pretty red and it looks so nice sitting on my ironing table. I am so thrilled with it. Um, it's also really easy to fill the water tank and it actually holds far more water than my Black & Decker did. So my Black & Decker doing these 120 uh, fabrics or pieces, I would have had to probably refill my water tank at least once during that time. Never had to with this one. It just, it's, it's very well designed. And um, supposedly, although I don't see myself testing this anytime soon, you can just put the cover right over the top of it and carry it even while it's still warm. So like if you're going to a quilt retreat or something and you want to just shut it down and go home, you can just plonk the, the cover over it and go. Um, so I, I'm just, I love this machine. So if you're in the market for a new iron, I would really recommend that you look at the Panasonic 360 cordless iron. Um, this is the one, by the way, it's very highly reviewed. The reason I even first heard about it, I don't know why it never really crossed my mind that there was such a, a thing as a cordless iron. Um, but when I was doing the uh, Karen Brown decluttering challenge, Karen Brown talked about this cordless iron and this is the same one she has and after watching her with it, I was, it was one of these what is this cordless iron of which you speak you know it was like this was a sudden new world opening up to me and I debated it for a long time that was several weeks that I kept going back and I spend that much money do I really want that and I finally decided okay yeah I really want to do this and I am thrilled I'm so happy um so highly recommend now granted i've only had mine f for you know like four hours <laughs> the 
but I've been using it right now. So I can't give you anything about repair records or anything. I do know there's a lot of folks out there that have them. So if any of you have the Panasonic 360 cordless iron, please feel free. Uh, to leave your own reviews uh, as comments on this episode so that others can learn from you as well. Uh, So I think that's about all I have to say from my end of things. Let me do some quick comment responses. As I used to always say on this podcast, I don't think of this so much as me talking at you as me talking with you, and I like it to be a conversation. So let's talk about a few comments that have been left over the last couple of weeks. Um, Engineer Sandy is also working on an English paper piecing quilt EPP. She says she's cutting fabric for it, and she says, I love it, so portable at least until you start getting blocks of blocks put together. I don't have the AccuQuilt die, but just bought a scan and cut and plan to use it for fuzzy cutting. I look forward to seeing that storm at sea come together. Won't be long now. Thank you. Engineer Sandy is the one that consistently listens to me when I said, please nag me to keep working on this thing. So thank you for the nag, Sandy. And um, by the way, we need some pictures of that EPPQ quilt that you've got in progress. I love pictures. Jay was on a roll (laughs) last week. Um, She left four different messages on four different uh, posts that I had. Um, She commented that she hangs quilts using pant hangers if they aren't too large, Uh, but if they are too large, the hangers can't deal with the weight. Um, Good idea on the flimsies. You can cram a lot into the closet. Ask her how she knows. Um, And she did also say quilting a few by checkbook. And Jay, I I have, of course, done that in the past. I certainly hold that in reserve in the future, but it was still cheaper to do it myself, even if I was renting space on the long arm than it was to send it out. Um, But we'll see, you know, as I continue to go along, I do know some good long armors. So that is something I don't have any problem doing. Uh, Jay also said novelty fabrics make great pillowcases and she does a pillowcase project for her two nephews who are heading off to college in the fall. Every month she'll send them a themed pillowcase. I know that will mean that they change their pillowcases at least once a month. I actually did that for my daughter one year when she was in school and I think I made it three or four months and then you know got busy and (laughs) didn't do any more. I can't guarantee that it meant that she did change her pillowcases <laughs> any more regularly, uh, but it was fun when she moved back home last May that she still has those pillowcases. So um, that is, it's a really fun way to use up fabric. Jay also said the, it always looks worse before it gets better. Adage, adage, never made, adage, adage. Why am I not suddenly not pronouncing that? It's like, I've never seen that word before. <laughs> Uh, a mind blip. Anyway, A-D-A-G-E, you know the word I'm talking about. Never makes me feel better, she says. I often just feel overwhelmed until it looks better. And she is in the middle of tidying up her workroom. Um, and she is also trying to be a lot more intentional about what she brings in. And then she goes on to say on another comment, um, she redid her workroom over the summer, cleared out a lot of stuff, but her local Salvation Army had stopped accepting donation because they got so overwhelmed with stuff. Um, I do know that the Crafts Bits and Pieces, which is the charity shop I'm planning on donating my stuff to, um, has called it quits on some items, but most of the stuff I'm donating doesn't fall into that category. So 
they should take it all. Oh, and by the way, I didn't say this. So I had an entire trunk full in a Toyota Highlander SUV. So a very large trunk full of stuff from my sewing room. And I arranged a drop with <laughs> members of my guild. I just posted to my guild thing and I said, look, because we keep getting our guild meetings canceled, I really want to get this stuff out of my house. So I will be at the uh, parking lot of a, one of our local grocery stores at such and such a time, such and such a date, if anybody wants to meet me there and take some stuff. And three folks showed up, went through it all. Um, and I now have about half the amount of stuff that I did. I was really pleased. It's so much fun to do that because I was watching them get so excited about what they were finding. So it felt much more like I, it wasn't so much like I had overbought or like I was, you know, not using my stuff. It was more like, look at all these gifts I'm giving these other people. Aren't I so generous? <laughs> it, was, it felt great. Um, so that was a good way to do that. I do still have the rest of the stuff in the back of my car waiting for me to get over to Crafts Bits and Pieces. Um, all right. Lori commented on episode 210, in which I did, in which I'm done long arming. Uh, she said she loves listening to me on her way home from the clinic. I love being listened to. And she says, sorry, her first panograph, sorry, my first panograph was disappointing. Uh, Lori has an Avante. The Amara replaced the Avante that she purchased in 2015. She loves it. Panographs took her a while to get comfortable with, but now she loves them. I agree that I don't love standing behind my quilt and would love to think about ask, adding Pro Stitcher in the future, but dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign, smiley, imbody. Uh, yes, Pro Stitcher is about as expensive as a long <laughs> itself. And then she gave me a few uh, tips for if I use a pantograph again. Um, and so I will certainly pay attention to those. Lori, if I do ever use a pantograph again, I'm like I said, I'm mostly just now trying to brush up on my other quilting freehand designs. Um, and I also need to say, Lori didn't have this when she ends by saying, tell Augie and Sophie hello from Gus and Phoebe. She now has Gus, Phoebe, and Ziggy. Lori has added an absolutely adorable new puppy to her herd. So, uh, if you don't follow Lori on um, Instagram, you really need to, because that puppy is just adorable, Lori. Absolutely adorable. Uh, Leah also posted that she is not a fan of pantographs, and she says she finds them exhausting. She'd much rather do an all-over free motion um, design. And she says, which is true, the worst thing with renting is not knowing the feel of specific machines if you have a choice of machines. And that's true. Um, even though the machine I had worked on two or three times was not necessarily the one I'm thinking I would ever end up with, if indeed this is just a big dream for me that I would ever have one, I don't see it actually happening. But it does mean that I was getting used to that one. And so moving to a different one, it's like you've got to kind of get over that whole learning curve thing again. Um, Diane also posted on episode 208, in which I did more long arming. Uh, she separates her scraps by color and she doesn't pre-cut them. She just folds it up neatly uh, as she can to store it. Um, and she says she doesn't like the thought of cutting something into two and a half inch squares and then wanting half square triangles later. Uh, you know, it and yes, and I've thought about that, but the problem is for me, having to cut the pieces is kind of a stopper. When I don't have a whole lot of time, 
I am much more likely to do a quilt if I already have pieces cut most of the way there. And that's where something like, um, oh, what's her name? Scrap, not Bonnie Hunter. The other one that has the books. Cut the Scraps is the name of the book. Uh, she, <laughs> if not, I am blanking on her name. You would see me with my eyes squeezed shut, shaking my head right now because it's not coming to me. But the name of the book is Cut the Scraps. And she's got a couple of additional books out. But she has her cutting system and the sizes she uses. She doesn't use nearly as much as Bonnie Hunter does. But they are two-inch squares, three-and-a-half-inch squares, five-inch squares, I think, are her three main sizes. Because all of those can be pretty easily cut down into the other sizes that you need for, like, um, you know, half-square triangles and everything. So I'm kind of heading in that direction. Right now I'm doing two and a half inch, five inch, 10 inch, two and a half inch strips. Those are kind of because, again, I'm just kind of fitting into the mold that we've been shoved into by Moda, mostly <laughs> in all the pre-cut packs that they send. And again, all of those can still be cut back down. So if I've already got a lot of the cutting down or now that I've got my AccuQuilt, I can just grab those and throw them on and I'm already three quarters of the way there. Um, I just know me, and for a while I had been just keeping scrap fabric in its kind of, you know, whatever size and shape it ended up in, but then I it was a stopper for me. I wasn't using it. So I am much better if I have stuff pre-cut, ready to go, and then I choose patterns actually based on those shapes. What I haven't figured out yet, and I want to get to this point, is how to design an E cue specifically for the size scraps I have. And if anybody knows of a tutorial out there about ways to do that, because hear me, don't like doing math. Hear me, simple. <laughs> if somebody else can tell me how to do it, I'm good. I don't want to have to sit there and figure it out myself. Uh, so anyway, those are all the comments I have for now. Um, because I had waited for a while, this is a little bit of a longer episode. So hopefully... You know, I'm going to try to say, boy, I would love it if I could post again this coming weekend. It's unlikely. We'll see. I seem to be in this every two-week mode. But meanwhile, I want your comments. I love your pictures. Please share. You know how you can get a hold of me. Um, email is sandyquilts at gmail.com. Sandy with a Y, quilts with a Z. I am on Instagram as sandyquilts. Y Z. I am on Facebook with Quilting for the Rest of Us, and I our website is uh, quiltingfortherestofus.com. Those are kind of the main ways. There's other ways, but I also like to fly under the radar sometimes. So those are the easiest ways to get a hold of me. So until next time, go get your quilty on. Quilting for the Rest of Us is dedicated to Shirley. Love you, Mom. 